Greetings, Namaste, and Shalom. Everybody out there in Cleveland. I am beyond top secret Texan. Join me on my podcast, the Beyond Top Secret Texan podcast, where I explore the outer limits of human abilities. Top secret military technologies. The reality of extraterrestrial Earth alliances, secret space wars, advanced cryptozoology, and all subjects of theosophic truth, esotericism, and the occult. Beyond the Top Secret Texan Podcast. Everybody out there, say and shalom. Iron sharpens iron, and a friend sharpens a friend. Thank you all very much for tuning into a broadcast of the Beyond the Top Secret Texan podcast. We are broadcasting to you from the third coast, the coast with the most, the Gulf Coast of Texas. My pleasure and privilege to be doing so. Thank you all very much. New and old listeners alike, if this is your first listen, go ahead and follow the link tree slash beyond top secret Texan rabbit hole to all the addresses to the social media as well as various video hosting platforms and active podcast mirrors, RSS feeds, as well as various platforms that serve as satellite broadcast to the main Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, etc. avenues of hearing the Beyond Top Secret Texan podcast. Maybe you're listening to this on Spotify, for example. Maybe you're listening to this uh, on podpage.com slash beyond top secret Texan, my webpage. Maybe you're listening to this uh, and you would prefer to be listening to this uh, on your app of choice, for example, whatever it may be, third party, you know, whatever your preference is, go ahead and check out the archive of old episodes. Thank you in advance for your support, for your attention, and for your time. This is an impromptu, impulsive recording session. I have recently come across a podcast interview that is shocking to the very core. As I've listened to it, Several times already. The carnal excitement, of course, the visceral, cathartic trip of listening to an emotional and honest recollection of the supernatural, the incredible, and the unimaginable. But in. T- such domestic and honest and real basic 
language terms just i mean like this is for everyone to hear this can reach everybody that that shared emotional mirrored response that gave way to a responsibility that i feel i have to share with you guys my audience as well as to archive for posterity on my channel this audio to diversify its sources and to help in any small part save it for truly it is probably the most important testimony in the world of cryptozoology With no further introduction, I will let the audio speak for itself. This is not my production. This is not my interview. The interview was available on the channel Bigfoot Odyssey, the YouTube channel Bigfoot Odyssey. The episode is titled Mark Barton. From the trail to Bigfoot talks about his terrifying experience with a creature. That is the title, the specific title to look for. It has 118,000 views and it was streamed one calendar year prior to this recording. I found it today using a forum for cryptozoology and the paranormal a link was sent to me and i watched it almost holding my breath to say i was at the edge of my seat to say it had my full attention well that would be accurate Okay, so let's play from where this interview really begins without revealing too much about both the production, Bigfoot Odyssey, which, like I said, thanks to them, thanks to this credit for having them discover this, of course, to provide it for us so that we can use it with fair use principles for education for introspection. Mark Barton will be the voice being heard next. So uh, I went there and then I had a friend pick me up and take me to the cabin and drop me off. I didn't even have a vehicle there. I couldn't have left him up. My apologies. I should have known, you know. I look back on it. I should have fucking known. 
night, after, right after dark, I cooked out on a fire pit every evening. You know, they had a, a little thing on it, grill on it, and think I took wood and I cook and I cook my food outside on, on that uh, fire thing. And I would hear a hog in the same spot, you know, where the yard and it hits the tree line and it gets real dense. And I would hear a hog. Oh, I know what a hog sounds like, okay, in the, in the swamp. And I would get up in the morning, go out there, and I'd see absolutely no evidence. And hogs are pretty destructive, okay? I mean, they leave evidence. They root and they tear and they chomp around. And I kept thinking, well, that's weird. Well, and I had, I had taken a trail cam because we were hoping to get uh, pictures of Bambi. People like Bambi. You know, like on our channel, our million view video was Bambi. It had nothing to do with Bigfoot or Chris and I. Chris and I, Chris and I were I think we were in to take it up and tear it down. But then, oh, people love Bambi. What the hell? So I was hoping to get Bambi. And I told Chris, I said, give me a drill kit, Chris, and I'll put it up. And I put it up in one spot, and on the way there to check on it, I heard the hog. I saw no evidence, you know. I heard it close to it. Um, and then I went and took the drill cam. Thank God, you will know why later. I moved it right by the exit road, because I had seen some deer there. And I and I, I took it there, can't remember what day it was. So that hog was no hog. So and I don't remember what day it was exactly. Um <coughs> You had been there for a few days already, right? Okay, you had already I, been there. I, I got there on Friday, yeah. So I think, and I'm pretty sure, I mean, I, because see, I, my, mind, my mind is messed up now, okay? Let's take your time. No hurry. My mind is messed up. So I'm pretty sure it's Wednesday, so because it was going to rain Thursday, and I'm sleeping Friday morning. And I wanted to use all my wood up because I wouldn't be able to use the Thursday, you know. So I went out on that day, like I always do, or a dog. <laughs> that hog. <laughs> Made a fire, cooked my meal, and then you know, it was very dark, and I don't know what time it was. And then I just put a ton of wood on that fire. I had this huge fire going. I just, I was sitting there watching the fire. And I looked through the fire and I saw an eye shot. For me, I'm laughing now because they're like, like one of the holy pillars of being put in, you know. Seeing eye shot, and I, you know, what I thought it would be it was kind of dim red at about five foot off the ground, and I was looking at it. Uh, fire, you know, the, the, the flame, and then the, how it does the air and everything. I would go like this, and it would disappear. And I would go like this, and it would disappear. And I look back on it now. So, the little mess of my eyes, think about that. I'm shy. So, I got a 
and I went around. And I used my flashlight. It's really bright. And I shined it, and I saw nothing. Nothing. I look around, and I sit down where it was. And I think I did that twice, maybe three times. And you had never seen Asha before that, right? I've never seen him. Yeah, that's why it was like one of the whole big pillars of Bigfoot, you know. If you see Asha, everybody brags about it. They go back and they tell your buddies. Especially red. You know, that's red. I don't know there are other colors. I don't know. You know how I feel about this. I don't, but I saw Asha. Back. 
this shit, man. I'm gonna go out in the swamp. You wanna go? Let's go. Let's go like this thing. And it's like, oh, okay. Sounds like fun. I didn't know what. But it's always been fun. I know it wasn't fun. I took with me 
was of no avail. So if you think a gun is going to help you, if you're thinking a gun is going to help you when you get to the bottom, when they take you to the bottom of the rabbit hole, you're, you're a goddamn fool. You won't even know how to use it. And what do we take as men? Our strength, our will, our resolve. And he'll be, he'll be in a chair, under 200 pound man, I'm six foot four. My mind went to mush, and I'll say this. My faith failed me. Why didn't I pray? Why didn't I cry out to God? What, what the hell? Christian man. Everything fell to the ground. What was I just kept talking. Kept talking. <laughs> they said, they said, well, there's prayer. There's pawns, and there's people that we just don't care about. So you're either a prey to them, or you're a pawn to them, or they, they ignore you. Not everybody's prey, they say. But there's pawns, they call them. And the pawns, they use the pawns to push stuff and give stuff to the prayer. So the big footprint that we got go to our channel, you know. A pawn gave us that big footprint. Because Chris and I were getting discouraged. And if you've ever been footed for years, you know what discouragement is. And you're just ready to chug it, all right? I'm, I'm not going back to that swamp, but done, you know, this is, all of a sudden, we did a footprint. Okay, so footprint, go, go check it, you know, so huge, perfect. And Chris and I got so excited. You know what we did? We did the town hall meeting around it. They told me that Chris was praying. But Beata and Betty were pawns. And anything that happened to Betty and Beata, that Beata is Chris's wife and Betty is his sister, and you go to the channel, they, they go out with us. Anything that happened to them was only to be, to keep us in the swamp. So they were pawns. So when Beata got her camera stick pushed, was to keep Chris and I in the swamp. Betty got her bone to uphold. It was to encourage us to keep us going back to, to the swamp. And once you pray, you pray, they said. You realize that? Once you pray, you pray. So you essentially became a trophy to them. Talk about that in a Well, is a deer a trophy? What do we do? We take I'm all of them. We don't do. Well, um, the racks we take home now above our fireplace. I do. I have them. the hog heads. Get them up on our wall. 
totally on to me. That's all I was to them. Without regard to me as a person, their family, I wouldn't leave at all. They told me I was to go first. They would kill me first. I came back and 
to talk about that too much. I told Chris, you know, what happened to me. He said, Mark, you, you know, you're always using plural. And I realized you're always more than one. Multitude. And once a prey predator is assigned, they all fall in line. They said no one jostles, no one fights, they don't fight amongst themselves, no one tries to take his kill. They all fall in line with the predator, and they act as one. They said it's like a magician's trick. And I had the sense, and I look back on it now, they were telling me things to, uh, so that I could understand them and putting them in ways that I could understand in a fucking condescending way. Their, their arrogance and their condescending towards me. And their pride is off the charts. They're arrogant son of a bitches. And I suppose they have every right to be. And that how I treated you were a hog. Very arrogant towards him. And turkey. I'll kill the rats. And I'll tell my world. Go back brand about it. Tell all my buddies how I hunt. They said we take the kill. And we go back from where we came. Talk about that. Tell me where they came. And we celebrate. And we talk about our great kills. And we brag amongst ourselves. And that's all we are to me. It's a magician's trick. And how do magicians do their thing? In the right hand, they said it's the hairy beast. The Sasquatch, the Bigfoot, whatever we call that. The hairy beast is in the right hand. And everything that goes along with it, the footprints, the physical evidence, the tree structures, everything that is a physical, I see and we see it, is in the right hand. But they sit in the left hand. I have my hand down. I have my right hand up in there and my left hand down by the floor are the masters. The masters, the predators, they call themselves the masters, are setting everything up. Everybody looks at the hairy beast, and no one's looking at the masters, the cloaked, the whispering creatures, the hooded creatures, the creatures that dart between trees and you run over there and they're not there. The masters are setting everything up for the kill. And while we're all looking at this hairy beast and all caught up in the hairy beast, we're being groomed for the kill. So after that, the hairy beast means absolutely goddamn nothing to me. I don't give a shit about what you saw. It means nothing. It means nothing. That hairy beast is not going to kill me. The masters are killing us. It's a magician's trick. Told me they killed him for something. I didn't realize I didn't. You broke up just a little bit there, Mark. Okay. They told me. Can you hear me now? Yeah, you can. They told me they killed him for something. 
They called me, they called him my brother. Now you gotta realize I despised Kim Fusano. Right, and I'm not gonna lie. Well, only because he ridiculed us constantly. Right. And made fun of us. Two weeks before he died, he went to Knox Creek and made fun of us. So I was like, okay, I told Chris, I said, I'm done with this man. I had nothing to do with him because we were trying to reach out and stuff. I'm done with him. Those suckers called me brother with him because he was prey also. Magic to 
always said, when you get discouraged, you don't move. We nudge you. I didn't go in the swamp for two months. This is the story of Max. I didn't go in the swamp for two months. I can't remember why. I live in the city. In the city, five stories up in a condo. I was walking from the downtown park to my condo where I was the the golden road elevator. And I saw a cloaked figure turn my right. So what you do, you try to recreate it, because that's what you do. I backed up, because it's just a, uh, a shadow from the street by, and I should be able to back up and recreate that. I did it three times. I went upstairs, text right, text your call, and says, God damn, I know where I live. I walked at night at that time exercise. Five times in separate occasions I saw those cloaked, I call them whispering creatures. I know now they're the masters watching me. The alley, the parking garage, and the stairway up. Five times I went to Chris and I said, you know what? I never felt threatened, never felt afraid. I said, I think they want me to get back out of the swamp. I think they want me to get back out of the swamp. I go back out of the swamp. And they go away. I never see them. I, have, I, I never saw them after that. I, uh, are you there? Can you hear me? Yeah, I got, I got you. I'll just. All right. If I, have to, if I have to call for anything, I'll do like So nobody can hear me calling. Okay. All right. I'm sorry. No problem. No problem. Um, what they were doing, they said, was they were nudging me to get me back out again. Like I said, Chris and I would get very discouraged. We get a huge phone call. We get all the things to get me. Leona would get her pole pushed. Incredible story. It was all to groom us to keep us going back. They manipulated us. And we thought they were our friends. They even told me when they decided to make us pray, go to our channel and look for awesome activity. It's the name of the video. This is what happened. We're taking down a uh, audio recorder. Chris is looking a different direction and he sees a black cloaked figure, which is dog height. That seems to be Chris's thing. The height going between, just, just like that, just like that. And he turns to me and tells me, well, I'm all up in this audio thing. I'm not paying any attention. I turn around a different direction, and I see a hooded cloak figure running between trees. So I tell Chris, I said, I'm going. Just follow me. Let's go. I run over there. Of course, there's nothing there. There's never nothing there. And we hear a grunt, and then we come out into a little clearing and knocks start happening and i can't remember chris we're talking a lot and they surround us it's a little unnerving and they told me they said they were talking to each other
each other about whether you're worthy to be praying. And they said, the knock, is not, the knock, you will hear like this much of it, okay? And it sounds like a knock to our ears. They said, it's a vocalization. And there's really this much, I have my hands spread out as far as they can go. And you can't hear that. And you don't understand that. And you won't. You just hear this much. And to you, it sounds like a knock. They said, and then that last knock we heard that was far off was the final knock. It was the, it settled. And they said, after that moment, you were praying. And predators were assigned to us. They said they were toxic to us. Everything about them is toxic. They used the word toxic. If I looked at them long enough, they would do harm to my body. I realized at that time it was touching me on the shoulders. I said, if you go where we come from, you will lose toxic to you. They told me the veil, and they called it a veil, that they go the veil between us and them. Is flexible. See, I always, I knew there was something going on. I talk about it in that video with Max, you know. Because they, they just disappear. You hear vocals that were so close to you that you should be able to see something, but you don't. Ayada gets her camera pulled and shoved. She instantly turns around and sees nothing. Baby gets her ponytail pulled. Turn around. Nothing. We hear thuds. Nothing. Can't see anything. And repeated years of this. They said the veil is flexible. I always thought it was like a rigid thing. So we see in the movies. They can flex behind the veil, reach out, grab Bayonne's camera pole, and push it. She turns around and hits the ship. They can pull Betty's ponytail. She turns around and doesn't see shit because they're doing it from the other side of the veil because it's flexible for them. Or they can pass through the veil. The masters. They all came It's pretty unnerving, actually. Yeah. Is that, remember the video when I'm down by the creek? I reference it with Max. And then and Chris and they all are going way back behind me and they go into the wood line. And I see a cloaked figure maybe 20 feet behind me. Black whisper creature, I call it. I thought it was Chris and Bayonne because you know what your mind does, it, it makes sense of all this or it tries to. So it, it, something familiar, oh, and I thought to myself, oh, Chris came up on me and I, I didn't hear him. So I, I sweep around and say something to him and it's not there. Now, real quick, before, before you had this experience, when you saw these wispy creatures, these dark things, did you 
think that they were one and the same with the Sasquatch, or did you think it was something well, different? Well, I, I knew it was part of the phenomenon because it, we go out looking for the heavy beast and we get all this other stuff. And I didn't. I always had a sense that it was all related. Hey, I fuck, I know now, don't I? Uh, it is all related. And um, I. Uh, Whisper creatures are the masters. And the hairy beast are like the, uh, the entertainment. The ruse. Yeah, it's the magician's trick. It's the. Chris said, What do I got them telling you everything that you're going to hear tonight? It was like he was in the Wizard of Oz and the curtain was pulled back. And he saw what it was all about. He said, He even told me, and I, I don't want to speak for him, but it's like, Oh, shit, it makes sense now. Thank you, uh, thank, thank you, Jamie Cotterill, by the way, for that twenty dollars super sticker. Sorry to interrupt, Mark. Just <laughs> that's all right. Thank you for that. I just want to make sure that I got everything. I'm trying not to interrupt any. I just uh, I remember the conversation we had on the phone, and I just I don't want to direct because I know you had the stuff written down. I, I mean, a lot of things are coming to mind, but eventually you're coming with the stuff, so I'm trying here. There's more, but it happened. And when I came back, Chris said, Mark, you're going to remember things that, that you forgot. Because that's, I mean, so people do that when they go through trauma. Right, writing it down, what was that, for sure? But uh, it happened to me three different occasions, and I'm going to talk about that later on. So don't... I'm just encouraging if there's more and there's some really important information you need to hear that's going to come later because I'm talking about when I get back and what happened when I got back and what's going on with me now. Okay, so we're going to get to this other stuff. So here, and then obviously I didn't die. I'm here. This is what happened. Fire. I have this huge fire going. I'm pumped. And uh, in my head, it sounded like a 20 gauge shotgun. A 10 gauge shotgun went off in my, my fucking head. It just. And I fucking jumped up. And I heard something say to me, and it wasn't them. It said, run. One word, run. I ran like a motherfucker. A 67-year-old man with a bad knee who can't run. I ran I ran in that cabin. I slammed the door shut. I walked in. Outside the door, I, I, I felt it, I knew it, and they were still in my car. Okay, you're okay. I just want to say, when you first told me that 
Jerry, I don't want, I can't run. My knees are bad. I'm 47. You know, you got 20 years on me. So I understand the running. And you said you ran like you were 18 and had never run before. I, that just, that, that really that struck me when you first told me that.
that I didn't remember initially. And those are very important things. So everybody, please um, stay so you can hear all of it. Okay. Yeah, we're just going just to be a couple. Everything's fine, Mr. Martin. Go home. I'm like, but everything's not fine. Yeah. So I lived like that. Finally in May, I'm a very active man, okay? I mean, in January, I was in the Great Swamp with Chris. I come back and I can barely walk to my car after work. And I feel like I'm smoking menthol cigarettes. So my legs started swelling. Well, I know what that means. Your heart's bad. So I finally went to my cardiologist, you know. He takes it to me to run all these tests. And he says, Mark, everything's okay. He said, but why don't we just go in and look? So I, uh, I said, hey, let's go look. That means do a cath on me. So they did the cath another week, did the cath, and I woke up, and um, the doctor was standing there, and he asked me, he said, I put, it, I put a stent in your mom, and he said, um, what were your symptoms again? I said, well, I was a little short of breath, and I was very, very weak. He said, Mark, you had a totally blocked left descending aorta artery. I guess, and I put a stent in and we opened you up, but you've been walking around this for three and a half, uh, three and a half months. Do the math. That's yeah. a week. That's the Widowmaker. Yeah. Artery there. And you had none of this before then. Talk to Chris, you can hear I went out in the green swamp in, in January. And then I left the first week of February. These fuckers, they were killing me. These fuckers clogged my fucking argument. And you find me, Mark had a heart attack. I have a history of heart disease, don't I? If you find me at all. Well, it makes sense that if, if they're going to do this, that they don't want to give themselves away, obviously. I mean, okay. it's just like letting anybody know anything. <clears throat> I'm weak. I'm still weak. I got worse after my stint. I can't work a full week. I can only work four days. And I may have to retire. Every time I walk up to my car, I know why. Every time I'm weak and my heart hurts me, I know why. So, Chris told me, he said, Martin, do you be prepared because you're going to remember things. He said, you didn't. So I was taking a shower. I don't know what time from. Three weeks after I went back. Why is it about the shower? The marbles in my head came together. And I remembered something they told me and I'd forgotten. If you go to our channel, we were called Marie. We were coming back and it was nighttime. I was on the clear. If you know the FLIR, it blinds you temporarily uh, pull it away from your eyes. So I didn't pay attention to where we were. I was just following everybody else, trying to get some footage. Um, didn't have a lot of footage that night, so I was, you know, had a point in the head. I was in the back. And we got to a spot, and Chris said, oh, I smell, I smell yarn. 
know, the, the, the skunky smell. And uh, uh, JB was with us, and JB smelled it. I didn't smell it. And we went on it, and it, it, you know, that comes and goes. It's crazy. It always comes and goes. And then we went up ahead, and I felt like something was behind me. In fact, I kept turning around, looking. I even told JB, I said, JB, get back here with me. I said, because there's something behind me. I had one of the girls with me. <laughs> I said, don't be offended. I don't want you. I want a man, man here. <laughs> I want JB right here. And JB came back. Watch the video. This was before we go the event. They were referencing it to me, talking to me about it. What they said was this We go through the veil seamlessly. The masters do. But the unlearned tear it. Because they're not obviously as good at But they made sure, sons of bitches, they made sure that I knew that the masters don't do that. And when they tear the fabric, it smells that you did like your It smells musty to you. And they said it was a training session. And we had an unlearned come through come up behind you, I can't remember the word exactly, I'm going to use the word nudge, and they nudged you. If you watch the video, I lost my cool. I just went into panic mode. And they said, you did exactly what you wanted us to do, what we wanted you to do. You took Chris back to where the urine smell was. And if you watch the video, I did that. I turned around. I I, I lost my my marbles. Everybody got. I, you know. I went back. I saw a cloaked figure. I ran towards it in the dark. Chris followed up to me, and right there, Chris told me later. He said, "That's where the urine smell was." I didn't know that because I was on the player. They called it a, a trip. I went through all that for a fucking training session. Another time I was taking a shower and the marbles came together. I wrote it down so I didn't forget it. They said this to me. Consider us as from under the earth. You're a Christian man, you're not in the Bible. Consider us as from under the earth. So I'm assuming what's on the other side of that veil is what is called under the earth. We can't pass it no more than we can pass it to the veil above. Okay. I'm not a Christian man, so that's how I know you. Uh, another time, this was pretty recent, maybe a month ago, uh, and I told you I know it was days a week, so I was off on a Friday and I went to get my trunk washed and I was coming back. I lived downtown, so I got off the main road. And Chris and I, I had never watched any four woman videos until I got back. And Chris and I would talk and I said, Mark, you really need to watch some four woman videos because, you know, 
and I started watching him carry. I, I didn't even know until this that people were missing in the National Forest. I, I had no clue this was going on. So I started watching it. I told Chris, I said, I can't watch this because I know. I know how they disappear. I know how they can turn the corner of the bend and no one can find them. I know how they can appear, disappear, search multiple times in areas and then all of a sudden they search it one more time and they, they appear. I know how people disappear and then show up in inaccessible areas. That was something you said to me that I thought was interesting, and I think it's okay for us to go here. Um, they told you that they were given. Well, let me, let me tell you. Let me, I got to let me do it word for word. Okay. It's, it's, for some reason, I was getting there. Okay. So I kept telling Chris that I, I think I know something about this, but I can't remember it. I, I, I felt it in my gut. I said, there's something. And then all that week, I was, I wasn't in very good shape. Literally and emotionally, I, I go through times when I just don't do good. And I was driving, and it was like a dam broke. That's the only way I can explain it. My heart hurt, and I went up on, I drove up on the curb in my truck, and thank God there was no, nobody parked in that area. It startled me, and then I, I got back down, and the next thing I know, I was sitting in my parking garage, and I remember what they said to me. They said, this is ours. It was given to us, and we take from what is ours. And I fell apart. I was a family. I called Chris and it was like when I talked to him the first time. Uh, he got really concerned about me. I just fell apart. This is ours. It was given to us. And we take from what is ours. I was in the National Forest. And they consider that their turf. And if you go on their turf, they take from what is theirs. Who do you think gave it to him? I have no clue, but I won't speculate because they didn't tell me. And they don't care to tell me that, probably. They're, see, they say, like, they say all these things in such arrogance and cockiness, bragging and boastful about who and what they are. I have been asked, are they the Nephilim? Are they demons? And I'll tell you the truth. I, I, I don't, they're not. I had no sense that they were demonic. Am I demonic to the deer because I killed them? To the deer, I am. To the hall, am I a Nephilim? Because maybe to the hall, I am. They're simply to what they do. And in some way, they have uh, permission to do. And they just do what they do sport and they hunt us for the kill. You can say Bigfoot's your friend. You talk to him, he cuddles up to you, he kisses you. I don't care. Not once 
Did Chris and I ever feel like our life was in danger? We thought they were our buddies. And they were going to show us in the end. They're going to, well, they showed me in the end, didn't they? They're not your friend. And if you think they're your friend, they're grooming you for the kill. And they told me we are incredibly patient. I don't think time flows for them like us. They'll wait 20 years, 30 years. It's not like it is for us. They'll play with you. They will toy with you. They know except they'll, they tailor the kill to you. What works with me won't work with you, Carrie, or work with Chris. They know us intimately. They knew where I fucking lived. I came to see me. They're not our friends. And if you think they are, in my opinion, and this is my opinion, you're going to be dead wrong one day. If you're hearing voices when you go out, seeing the cloak figures with a pixelation. If you hear knocks repeated, grunts, thuds, especially the cloaked figures, they're in danger. You're in fucking danger. Your life is in danger in my opinion. If you feel like you're being played with, it's not like we play with our children, okay? Yeah, you're being played with all right. You're in danger. If you've been out and you feel like you're being led somewhere, you hear children. I told you this, Carrie. What if they can't know us? They know as a man, if I hear a child in the forest, I'll go and investigate. If I hear a woman crying out, I'll go. If you're on a trail with people and you hear a child and you go off the trail, you're a dead man. I'm to the point where if I were with a group of people and I was the last one and we were in the National Forest hiking, I'd tie myself to the person in front of me. And if you're the lead, don't go around the corner and get out of sight of everybody. They may turn the corner and not be there. So I'm hoping tonight something I said will resonate with you. And you'll say, Gosh, that's happened to me. I feel like I'm getting run away. Well, you and I have talked about that. Oh, really? You and I have talked about that, especially with me. I've heard the kids. Everybody knows my story. I heard kids play. I had all kinds of strange things going around me before I ever had any idea what it was. But when I saw it, that was it. That was enough for me. I never went back again. Honestly, it's your goddamn life. Okay. What is what you're saying? Is, is what's going on here and I believe you I believe that you experienced this how can anyone not after listening to you something ha has happened to you here and you know I'm forever changed they never because they didn't finish the job I feel like there's a part of them in me I don't I don't want to I've already sound like a crazy person so what the fucking hell right so it's like I have an affinity in me. I watch a video like Chris, Chris has put out some videos. Since, you know, 
I, I can't watch them to completion because they're there. I tell them, I said, Christian, no, no matter what you're going, don't swamp them. They're there. I feel, I know it. It's like there's a part of them in me still, you know? And, you know. Let me, let me tell you what I'm seeing here, and, and I think I'm probably going to be able to speak for a lot of people. I mean, you guys, you've got 20,000 subscribers on your channel. That's not for nothing. Okay, if you've watched Mark and Chris over the years, they're just not known for bringing out a bunch of BS. You know, it's all information. It's either their opinion, what they think, or it's or they're showing you what they got. There's not a lot of so. So this is this is. You know, I've watched you guys. It's been a while, but you know, everybody knows I haven't watched anybody in a long time because we started doing this. Something's happened to you, obviously. Anybody that's watched you guys before and sees how you are now, I wouldn't say that you are crazy. I would say that something has happened to you. And the whole thing is just very Bond. It's very Bond villain-esque. You know, they're telling you their plan as they're killing you, and you just happen to get away. You know, that's, uh, and, you know, thank God you did. But, no, God bless you, man. Um, you're good. I'm not 